0: And you've tuned in to another episode of The Wellness Couch, where science and ancient wisdom collaborate, 3ABR, 87.6 FM. And we're your hosts, Brett and Katarina Morrison. On our show tonight, we've got MTHFR and methylation are actually difficult topics to grasp. And uh, a lot of practitioners are not sure where to start making recommendations. But right here, right now... I have Carolyn Ladowski, naturopath, herbalist, and nutritionist, the expert and director from MTHFR Australia. How are you going, Carolyn?
1: I'm so well, Katerina. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm really well. Yeah, really well. Fantastic to have you on the show tonight. Great.
0: Um, all right, so Carolyn, you're the founder of um, MTHFR Support Australia um, and you've gone through like your Bachelor of Health Science, Naturopath Nutritionist and Herbalist. You've also got your Diploma in Nutrition and Bachelor of Economics from Sydney Uni and you've just... i
1: uh, currently doing my PhD. Yeah, I was getting there <laughs> and,
0: and you've got <laughs> some exciting stuff to, to relate to us, haven't you? The newest research that uh, you've come under. In regards, yeah. yeah, to MTHFR. So, um, Karen, you see chronically ill patients from all over the world um, that have searched, and sometimes for decades, you know, they haven't been able to find the reason behind their actual ill health. And um, so, one of the strengths that you actually have um, with MTHFR and and the um, toolkits that you have is the ability to reveal the layers of dysfunction. Um, and actually find the cause of disease for a lot of your patients. And that's why you're actually so um, popular. And some of your key passions are obviously fertility, anxiety and depression.
1: That's, and, and I think, you know, I, I don't know where, whether you want me to talk about what mthvr actually is. Yeah. Part, of the, yeah. part, of, part of what we do is look at the genetic susceptibility that a patient has. For their body then to do their biochemical functions. So make folate, detoxify, make their neurotransmitters, get rid of toxic hormones, fat metabolism. So we look at all those key biochemical pathways and say, Okay, Katerina, what's your ability to do that if we if we just put everything aside for a sec, what's your ability to do that? And then we look at what's happened to you environmentally we look at your bloods we do some current testing and then we put that whole big jigsaw together and what we've found over I've been doing this for over a decade yeah. now and one of the things that is just so important is that let's take you know depression as an example yeah. if someone has had depression their whole life and we've had so many patients in this boat There's such an epidemic,
0: isn't it, at the moment as well? Yeah,
1: It is. And if they've had depression for, you know, 30, 40, sometimes 50 years, and they've tried antidepressants, they don't work, and you look at their genetics and you go, well, you know what? I can see why you're depressed. You can't make B12. You're severely dopamine deficient. And so if we plug up those two potholes, you should be Okay. And we've had patients that have come to us with lifelong depression that, in little as six weeks, with, they've come back and gone. What depression?
0: Because it normally takes six to eight weeks for SSRIs to actually uh, work uh, for it depressive does. states. So that's that's fantastic, um, yeah. Carolyn. Just um, just so our audience sort of um, knows what's going on. What does MTHFR stand for? I thought you're the expert. I'll let you explain that. <laughs>
1: It's it's just a very long word. Methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase is what MTHFR stands for. And essentially what it is, is it's the gene that makes an enzyme that allows you to make methylated folate. And methylated folate is absolutely crucial to our biochemistry. Without it, we can't make SAMe. And SAMe really mm. is the linchpin of... Everything we do in terms of um, being able to make creatine and being able to get rid of toxic estrogen and be be able to make, you know, dopamine, you know, make sure that we are supporting over 80 enzymes in the body that have to have SAMe. And we also, from a fertility point of view, have to methylate our DNA, both men and women, whether it's DNA in the sperm or DNA in the egg, we have to methylate it. And if we can't, we have miscarriages and multiple failed IVF. We have all sorts of issues yeah. going on. So being able to create that, that methylated folate is critical. And we know that 65% of the population may have a polymorphism or a mutation, but we call it a polymorphism now may have a mutation or polymorphism. And so, yes, it can affect you. If you're homozygous, which means you've got two copies that were mutated from your mum and dad, that enzyme may be downregulated by as much as 65%. That's amazing. So yeah. if you can't make methylated folate and it's so affected by environmental influences, so, for example, stress, so if you've got a down regulation of 60%, then you put chronic stress on top of it.
0: Oh, dear. You could
1: only be getting 10% through, which is not enough to sustain not only mental health, but everything else that you need to do.
0: So, Carolyn, what would make me think that um, as an individual that I might actually have one of those mutations, genetic mutations um, in one of my genes or a problem with a B12 or methylation cycle?
1: Well... Probably the key thing is any miscarriage in the family or with yourself, any problems trying to fall pregnant, any anyone who's been diagnosed with unexplained infertility, anyone with chronic anxiety or depression, cardiovascular risk is a big one because if, again, methylated folate is really important to keep homocysteine under control and homocysteine... Is a cardiovascular risk. Mm. So people who have even high blood pressure, low blood pressure, all of these things, immune function or dysfunction, it is so critically important to everything that happens as far as our biochemistry goes. We can even put methylation issues, things like... Parkinson's disease and Mm. multiple chemical sensitivity and detoxification issues and like the list goes on and on and on and the more you see the research being looked at with MTHFR and other polymorphisms you realize just how wide-reaching it is it's not just fertility it's not just anxiety and depression it's what I focus on because that's what I'm good at you yeah. know, that—that's the
0: thing
1: that in Yeah, <laughs> I did deep dive, and we've we've got eight practitioners now that work in our practice. We just can't keep up with that's the demand. Endemic, so I have it? a it's really amazing. strong practitioner mastermind training program because I honestly believe I have to teach other practitioners you know how to do this because we just can't do it all. Yeah, and, and and unfortunately, there's so many chronically ill people that need our help.
0: Specifically at the moment too, I mean, because like you said, you know, with cardiovascular, we're looking at blood clots, stroke, embolism and and heart attacks even, Um, you know, that seems to be endemic at the moment as well. Um, Chronic pain, fatigue, colon cancer, acute leukaemia, you name it, there there could be a polymorphism um, amongst those as well. But um, how can I find out if I do have a positive MTHFR mutation so
1: what uh, do can, individuals? You can, go, you can just go onto our website, mthfrsupport.com.au, and we actually have in our shop a buccal swab test kit that you can just order and do it at home.
0: Oh, so a home test kit that you can actually order and do it from the safety yeah. of your own home. Great.
1: Which is great. And then it, it basically will tell you there's, there's over 30 MTHFR genes, but we predominantly look at two. And those two are the C677T and the A1298C different variants. And so that result will tell you, do you have two copies that are uh, mutated or one or none? And do you have both or do you have one or the other? So what happens... uh, Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say that, you know, unfortunately, when we started about 10 years ago, we didn't have the, the, the ability to be able to just have something on our website that someone could order. So we used to send all the patients back to the GPs. And the GPs started off by ordering them. They would order them and say, OK, I don't really know what this is, but yes, I'll order it for you because it was on Medicare. Then they started to get hundreds and hundreds of results and A, they weren't sure how to interpret the results and B, if they were, they didn't then know what it meant. And so they started going back to the Australian Medical Association and their association saying, look, we don't actually know the ramifications of this. Can you let us know? And instead of the AMA turning around and saying, yes, we need to do an education around this because we are talking about biochemistry of the body, they turned around and said, well, it doesn't matter. Wow. So the standard, the standard response that you will get from any gp unless they've been trained will say no that doesn't matter so you may have women coming in
0: having four
1: five six miscarriages or having depression or whatever it may be and they say yes but i know i have mthfr and they say that that doesn't matter
0: wow because we know that yeah entire pathways are actually impacted by the individual's unique set of genes aren't they and obviously obviously like having a test um i think you use stratagene don't you um, to better understand and, and control how your genetic makeup obviously influences your well-being. So if I get a positive result, like if I get that test kit and I get a positive result, what what does that mean? What does it entail?
1: Well, it can mean a w- one of a few things. And remember, let's take an ideal scenario where, you know, you're living on a farm, you're really not. You're not necessarily... Everything's good. You're not in, expo- exposed to multiple toxins, yeah. even though you are on a farm. <laughs> or let's say, let's say you're on a little bubble island, and everything's blissful and it's beautiful, and you're not really you don't have a lot of stress. You're eating fresh fish from the ocean. You've got lovely drinking water. Let's say that scenario. I would say probably it doesn't make any difference at all. Mm-hmm. But what we know is that environmentally. The more stress we have, and that stress may be mental, it may be physical, it could be toxins, it could be a virus, it could be bacteria, it could be sleep deprivation, it could be anything, you are more likely to express a gene, which means it's more likely to affect you.
0: Is this where um, Sorry, Bruce Lipton comes in with his epigenetics, doesn't it? Like environmental and stress and food and environmental affecting the gene, switching it on.
1: And so... Your environment, epigenetically, which means on top of, epi on top of the gene, will actually cause it to react a different way. Mm. Turn on, usually it turns it on. And we don't want necessarily the MTHFR gene being turned on and being polymorphic because it slows down. And so you get that down-regulation of your ability to make methylfolate, which then has that knock-on effect for everything else. And so we have some people, I mean, 90% of the people that find us come to us because they do have a problem. And they've gone to doctors, they've gone to specialists, and they just don't get any answers. Everyone says, yes, but there's nothing wrong with you. And so we then have to say, okay... We believe there is something wrong and we look at a variety of different SNPs and different enzymes in the body and we say, okay, but yes, you do have more susceptibility to stress or you have more susceptibility to being depressed because you have a low B12 capacity and you have low dopamine or low serotonin. So we can look at it and what most of those patients will then turn around and say is, you know,
0: it's so nice for someone to just yeah. hear us for a change. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So um, when you talked about, you talked about variants previously, you know, the MTHFR mutations. So you can either have one or two um, or neither, can't you, on the MTHFR gene? Yes. Um, yes. So can you explain those? Like having um, like one variant like heterozygous that you spoke about previously or homozygous, what, what's the difference? Like... Um, For an individual who gets a test and then goes, oh, there's
1: this or that, can you explain Mm -hmm. about the variants? So when you hear someone say wild type, it means that that is the expected sequence that we are meant to see for that particular gene. So for every gene in the body, there is an expected sequence. And that expected sequence is called the wild type. That's what we expect to see. You get a variant when you don't see what is expected. So in the case of MTHFR, we see a cytosine being changed to a thiamine. You actually get a change and that causes mm. a down regulation. Wow. So when you have two copies, we call that homozygous, it means that both because your mum and dad both have two genes. Two two versions or two genes of MTHFR they have you have two alleles and so randomly your mum gave you one and your dad gave you one now let's say that both your parents had one copy that was mutated you have when we when we look at how that works you have a 25% chance of being homozygous so you get two copies mm. You actually have a fifty percent chance of being heterozygous, so you get one copy, and you have a twenty-five percent chance of having no copies, as in wild type. So what that means is that if you get two copies, you have a bigger down regulation than if you have one. So we we know from the research that two copies on the C six seven seven T. Is roughly a 60 to 70% downregulation. Wow. One wow. copy, 30 to 40%. That's for the C677T. 7, 7, and in the A1298C, yeah. the homozygous is roughly a 50% downregulation. And the heterozygous, they think about 25, 30%, but there's no really good data. Is he... And if you have one copy yeah. of both, so if you have one C677T, 7, 7, and one A1298C, we call that compound heterozygous. And again, it's about a 50% downregulation. Yeah,
0: wow. That's absolutely amazing. So symptoms obviously vary from person to person, don't they, and from variant to variant. What does that tell you about um, how my genes are actually operating, if you get that type of information from um, testing?
1: Well, we don't obviously look at just MGHFR. So... For you to actually, we look at how do you make folate, and so there's about 10 genes that we look at in your folate pathway. We then say, okay, you make it okay or you don't, but how do you then use it? And that really comes, B12 is a very big part of that picture. So is your B12 good enough? And if you have someone that is a vegan or a vegetarian, (laughs) they're actually doing themselves a great disservice because... They've got all the folate in the world, but they don't have enough b 12 to use it.
0: If they're vegan so or vegetarian. Often,
1: yes. So we often find that vegan and vegetarians, particularly when they're exposed to high stress environments or viruses or mold or something like that, they actually can fall in a heap faster and way worse than anyone else because of that lack of b 12 so, if they're doing it for ethical reasons, I, ha- I have to say to them, it, and it, particularly if they have one polymorphism called, called TCN2, transcobalumum 2, it's about that carrying capacity of B12 into the cell. If they have that polymorphism, I will do everything in my power to talk them out of being a vegan or vegetarian. So this is Because real- I, just, Sorry. I just don't think it, I, I think it's detrimental to their health.
0: So this is really interesting when you talk about supplements. Um, And so with the variants, different variants, uh, supplements obviously come into focus, don't they?
1: Absolutely, because what's lovely about what we do is that every enzyme has a cofactor. It has something that upregulates it and something that downregulates it. So we can manipulate how something works by putting in, really quite sometimes quite big therapeutic doses to make something speed up or slow down
0: that's fantastic
1: and so we don't tend to use formulas with lots of ingredients we tend to be very focused and use things that are almost super doses at times to get the effect that we need to get
0: yeah, and when it comes to methylation, obviously B12, folate and uh, zinc come into line, don't they, as well? So they're the important uh, supplements that you look at a lot of times. And that B6? Ne- that B6. need to be in alignment, Fault, Fo- yeah. yeah, and yeah, B6 it, and it B9. It's important yeah.
1: because it is such a, it's such an important component of the follow-up pathways like the and beta synthase, the CBS, which is where we make, our glutathione, it's where we detoxify, Mm. it's where we make our taurine, it's where we get our side chain of our energy. So if methylation, if MTHFR is stopping the amount of methylfolate that you need for SAMe, it's also going to affect the way that your CVS pathway works, which means it affects detox, it affects your ability to have nice neurotransmitters that calm you, like taurine, and for biosynthesis. It also affects the way you make sulfur, and sulfur is critically important to our biochemistry. We have to sulfate our DHEA so we have good hormones and don't shunt them down the PCOS pathway. We need them for our joints and our glycosaminoglycans, and we need to sulfate our neurotransmitters. So there's really important and pathways that we look at to say, and most people that are chronically ill, it is that CBS pathway that we tackle first, yeah. because mm-hmm. usually detox pathways are jammed they can't detox anyone with multiple chemical sensitivity has a detox pathway jammed sure, shut
0: Sure, and Carolyn um, with the current epidemic as well of viruses floating around, how important is this with MTHFR and the knowledge? Well
1: Immune function and and it's one it's something that I'm going to be talking about in a webinar um, in the not too distant future because our immune function relies on methylfolate and SAMe. We also have critical nutrients like vitamin D that we have to mm, activate.
0: Mm. So
1: we the last two years we've really focused on vitamin D yeah. because when a virus comes into the body, it activates cathelicidin. And That then says to vitamin D, great. Now control the immune system. So if vitamin D is low, and we've started using really unique um, forms of vitamin D okay. that are new to Australia, like the calcifer dial, yeah. mm-hmm. and we're seeing amazing response. We're seeing people who have struggled on 10,000 IUs of vitamin D. Wow. Just can't, wow. Can't get levels up. Wow. So they take one of these and within literally two to three months, their vitamin D are really at the top end of optimal.
0: So you, you see a lot of uh, changes um, in the immune system, obviously.
1: And, yeah, and we've seen all that great research coming out with COVID and how important vitamin D and single nutrients like melatonin and... Um, limp, you know, um, quercetin and resveratrol and, and that, yeah. zinc and vitamin C. These are all really important nutrients that the body is sequestering to basically put up a defence against COVID.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: and we're you know we're in a sunny country and we assume that everyone's vitamin D is great, but yeah, it's no, not. No, no. And I think all those people with MTHR polymorphisms. It's the liver function yes. that is affected. And when your liver is affected and you can't activate, because vitamin D is activated in, in the, the liver, liver. Yeah. and then then the kidney. So this this new calcific diol actually bypasses the liver and goes straight to the kidney. And that's why it's so important. It's so valuable. So you see
0: a bioavailability with the supplements as well, with the vitamin D.
1: Do I think the vitamin D is more bioavailable?
0: Uh, yes, you know, as supplement form rather than sun? Oh, 100%. All
1: right. 100%, because there's, there's just, I mean, yes, we need the sun, mm-hmm. but you have to have the whole chain going. And when you can see, you think about how many people have optimal liver function. Yeah, <laughs> not many. It, it compromises that pathway incredibly. Yes, the sun is a starting ingredient, But unless you can activate it and change it and change the form in the liver and or have the correct polymorphisms in place where it doesn't do the wrong thing, if you can bypass the liver and go one step, that's fantastic. And it's like using metal folate over folic acid. We bypass the polymorphism and jump over it.
0: Yeah. Can you explain a little bit more to our audience? Because I know that's a big one with MTHFR.
1: Yeah. so there's different forms of folate, and unfortunately in the literature and in just in general um, medical speak, folate, typically they mean folic acid, and folic acid is man-made. It doesn't exist in nature, and mm. we can't use it unless the body can use it. So the activated folate, folinic, is the second one, but folinic still have to be converted by that MTHFR enzyme into methylfolate.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Methylfolate is the biologically active form. All other forms, folic acid, folinic, have to end goal be converted to methylfolate. Now, methylfolate can only be done and methylated by MTHFR. So if you imagine you've got a funnel, and at the very top of the funnel is folic acid. Mm. But it has to go all the way through the funnel and has to be checked at the bottom to be converted into methylfolate. So why wouldn't you just give methylfolate? And really, the only reason that we continue to use folic acid is that it's cheaper, it's more stable, and it's what we've always used. But this is what I'm doing with my PhD. I'm really trying to bring to light that methylfolate is a better option in everything.
0: This is really important because, I mean, you know, many women have miscarriages and uh, can't um, contain the the fetus. Um, so this becomes very important in that strategy.
1: Hugely important because what we know is that. And this is my literature review on this very subject right now. Go ahead. Is I, I that, wanted to hear all about that, the latest. Yeah, that it, it's, so, it's so interesting because if you look at the folic acid, and I would love every single person listening, if they're on a prenatal, go to the cupboard, have a look at the form of folate yeah. in it, mm. and, and does it say folic acid? Does it say folinic or levo acid, which is the word we have to use for methylfolate. yeah And and if you're using folic acid Mm-mm. and you have MTHFR, the chances are your body doesn't convert it. Mm, so you think and you're so taking a good
0: supplement, don't you? And you're actually wasting it because it's not converting into what's that's needed. That's right. Mm.
1: That's right. You're you're actually you're actually doing. And there is some research that says that. If that folic acid isn't being used, it builds up. Yeah. And so it builds up and they call that unmetabolized folic acid. Mm. And that actually has a detrimental effect that's been linked with cancer. It's been linked Jeez. to a reduction in natural killer cell activity. So why would we use something we can't use, particularly if we have an MTHFR polymorphism?
0: Okay, so listen up, audience. Can you repeat that again? From folate to folinic to
1: Yeah. So if you're if you're using folic acid or folinic. I, I I add folinic to this. If you have MTHFR, chances are you're not using it. What you want is methyl folate, which is levomifolic acid. And so if you and if you have a look on our website and just Google, uh, you know, put in um, prenatal, you'll come up and you'll be able to see what the ingredients look like when you've got a metal product in it. Because what you don't want is anything to be interfering. And if you've got this unmetabolized, so what what the research that I've been evaluating, particularly coming out of Canada and the US, says is that, if you've got, because by law in Australia, our food is fortified with folic yeah, acid. Yeah, and in the US. Oh no! So the problem is, we're not just getting it from a supplement; we're getting it from our food. Not like breads, yeah. Yes, all bread by law has mm. to be fortified with folic acid. That's crazy. But so is every breakfast cereal, pretty well. Oh, so you think about this, and it goes way beyond. I believe just fertility. But you think of all those kids with anxiety and depression.
0: Just about to say that because it's not just specific for recurrent m- miscarriages, is it? I mean, no. folate's really important in the methylation uh, cycle. So the um, like, mental health. Yeah, and like you said, you know, there's a lot of mental health issues like the depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Even migraines um, that depend on the methylation cycle.
1: And if you think about it, most, so many people get up in the morning and they have a breakfast cereal fortified with folic acid. They then have a lunch, a sandwich at lunch fortified with folic acid. They might have some orange juice also fortified with folic acid. If they have any, if they have any biscuits or cakes or anything out of a packet, every time you see folate on a packet, that's folic acid. It's not methyl folate, it's folic acid. And if you're taking a prenatal on top, the the study I was Um. actually looking at today says that 90% of pregnant women, if they're taking a folic acid-based supplement, have way above the upper tolerable limit of folic acid in their system.
0: Absolutely crazy. All
1: ninety seven percent have unmetabolized folic acid in their blood.
0: But they're just not to know, you know, the average woman wouldn't, wouldn't know this.
1: Of course they wouldn't. And neither would, would the, GPs, the yeah. average doctor no. or specialist. No. Unless they're really they've really been trained or they're studying it or they're an integrative doctor where they would. But that's the problem. And this is why my mission in life yeah, I, I don't it. have any other mission, Katerina. My mission is in life is to make sure that every woman knows that they need to check for MTHFR and they need to understand the differences in folate. Don't just reach for the same prenatal all the time and assume that it is going to work for you, because it may not.
0: And like and we if, said before, we talked about various conditions you know, that, that are affected by this as well. So it's not just... Um, recurrent uh, miscarriages. We're looking at mental health issues as well and a variety of other uh, chronic issues that uh, could be long-standing that haven't I been remediated. I wish you know, I could remediated. go
1: to every school in Australia and just tell parents the potential danger. I, I just believe that mental health is being affected by the food we're eating and the amount oh, of folic acid we're getting.
0: Yeah. So what do they um, fortify it in the first place for? Like to so many right. foods. Was it because of neuro-tubal um, yes. defects, like defects? Yeah. spinach? Yeah, could, uh, so, Yeah. And
1: here's again, you know, it's a public health policy for a moni- minority of people, but it's affecting everybody. And so this is where, you know, you've got to weigh up. Was it... Was it the best decision to make at the time for, let's say, I can't remember, I think there may have been 500 to 1,000 neural tube defects. Mm. You know, was was it the right decision? Because now it's not being... We originally were only meant to get 100 micrograms per 140 milligrams of flour. But now, because everything is fortified, because everybody thinks that that's better every single manufacturer is now putting in folic acid.
0: Well, and this is the latest research that you're um, researching from your PhD. Yeah, so
1: yeah. what I'm looking at um, in my literature review right now is what is the level of folate in all forms that women are getting both in before pregnancy and in pregnancy? And there's no question that in pregnancy, because most women are taking a a prenatal, they're getting way above what they should be getting. So my end goal is to actually look at the difference between folic acid and methylfolate in pregnant women and see, A, can we get them pregnant? And B, what's the outcome of that? Because I did did my um, thesis with Endeavor um, a year ago, did it for a couple of years and we did a case study where we asked Australian practitioners to give us information on um, patients that they'd seen. Yeah, they had. We mm-hmm. had 12, 12 patients that had been diagnosed with infertility um, by specialists, predominantly there was only one diagnosed by a GP. So 11, 11 out of 12 were diagnosed by a specialist to have unexplained infertility. They'd had, one woman had had 10 failed IVF. Mm. One had had, I mean, many of them had had failed failed pregnancies, but one woman had had eight miscarriages. And so we took them off all folic acid foods and supplements. We only gave them methylated um, folate. Some practitioners gave them some filled clinic as well, mm-hmm. and they had eleven pregnancies oh, and wow. ten live births. That's absolutely amazing. Doesn't it give you goosebumps? Oh, it does.
0: It did then. It actually did. That's fantastic. Well done on your research. You know, yeah,
1: that, it's, that's a testament so to you and your research. It breaks my heart when yeah. we have these women coming to the clinic with so many miscarriages that really could have been prevented, and then they're told. Just keep trying. It's a numbers game. Oh, and that, that's not fair. No, it's not mentally it's and emotionally. Not.
0: It's just degrading, yeah. Yeah. That's just amazing. Fantastic research. It's a testament to your work, you know, putting that out there.
1: Thank you. I actually really love it because it's exciting to sort of pull the layers apart and make sense of the research that's being done around the world. And there is a lot of research being done on it. It's not as if there's one or two studies. There's hundreds and hundreds of studies, people trying to work out what's going on with folate. And people, the reason the European Union has banned fortification of folic acid in food is that they're worried about it. They don't believe the health benefits outweigh the risk. So why is it continuing then if it's been banned? Well, they don't in the in the European Union. They typically it's voluntary. You don't have oh, okay. to. They don't. They don't mandate uh, fortification. Whereas the US does, and I'm sad to say it's that the it. UK, oh, yeah. Yeah. as of a couple of months ago, have just agreed to fortify food. Oh no! And it's something that we've done here um, since the 2000s, and. Um, the U.S. introduced it in Canada in 1998, so it's been going for a long time. Yeah,
0: Carolyn, let's go back to little Carolyn. Okay, when you've had those big dreams and hopes, and you know, and uh, sort of itchings of, of what you want to be, how'd you never get on this path?
1: Well, I always say my mother was a bit of a greenie, and we, we, she never bought crappy food she made everything we okay. ever ate pretty well. We hardly ever went to doctors. We, so I, was, I grew up in, in a um, household where she would use as many natural things as possible.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I, I grew up not going to doctors very often unless there was something really wrong. And so in the back of my mind, I'd always loved health. I'd loved eating um great food and i i really did not want i didn't know what i wanted to do when i left school and my father just said to me oh look why don't you do an economics degree so i thought oh yeah okay so i did an <laughs> economics degree left that and thought now what and i actually got a job in advertising and it was a really great experience because it taught me about you know getting your message out and what you want to say and how you want to say it and strategy behind that so it was i actually enjoyed that but then it became too much and i got married had kids and i i ended up going and working for an event management company and traveled all around australia got my bought the company eventually and used to do a lot of the events for westpac and commonwealth bank and so i was really busy and in the middle of all that i decided you know what i'm not going to do this forever I'm going to start my naturopathy. And I just literally, girlfriend said, oh, it starts tomorrow. And just i are drawn said, to oh, it. Not. Wow. Yep, I'm just going to book in. So I booked in for my very first subject, and I loved it so much. I spent the next eight up, years.
0: You're up in Brisbane, running, aren't you? So it's running. No, so I'm in
1: yeah. Sydney. Yeah. Sydney, sorry. I ra- ran a company, had small kids running a household and studying. I don't know how I did it, but I did. And I finished and I thought, oh, great, now I'm finished. I sold my event management business and I thought, great, I'm now going to start my naturopathy practice. And I went out and I opened a (laughs) naturopathy clinic and I started to look at all the blood. And Rachel Arthur was my mentor. Oh, yeah, I know. Mine too. And I... I (laughs) I literally did all the bloods, and I love to understand the blood. And I kept seeing half the people had a high serum folate and half didn't. And I thought, that's weird. Why would someone have a high? So I rang the lab and I said, look, why does someone have a high folate in the blood? And they said, oh, that's a good sign. They're eating a lot of leafy green veggies. Uh And I thought, no, they're not. Mm. I know they're not because I've asked them and they're not. So that didn't make sense. So I called labs, I Googled, and it wasn't until about a year later, I was at a conference in Adelaide, and one of the speakers there said, oh, and of course, MTHFR is associated with a disturbed folate in the blood. Oh, click. And I went, what? Yeah,
0: great.
1: So I ran up to her at the end and I said, what's MTHFR? And she said, oh, it's a gene that controls folate, just Google it. So I spent the next obsessive day and night. I used to sit until 4 o'clock in the morning. And my husband thought I had lost it.
0: That's your pathway. He came to me one
1: day and and I said, I'm changing the name of my business to MTHFR Support. And he said, you've lost it. No one, no one on the planet is going to know what that is. And I said, no, I am so convinced that this is really important, and I'm doing it. And I did. Yeah, and what... I just changed it overnight. And do you know what? All these people came out of the woodwork and said, oh, my God, I've been wanting to know about this for so long. So the, yeah, the public was ahead of me.
0: Mm.
1: And I just learned and learned and, and just tried to understand all the nuances I'd give. At that time, we didn't have... No methyl folate in this in Australia. No. So I would bring it in from the US. Wow. And I'd just hand out a capsule here and a capsule there <laughs> and and get them to try it and literally just experimented.
0: And so all that empirical and, evidence that came back yes. is really good. And yeah. then
1: that's then went, then I decided well it's not just about M T H of R so I deep dived into more of the and I went to conferences in the U.S. to learn more about the genetics and ask questions and then they asked me to present and it just snowballed into this amazing, interesting part of life that, that just changed my practice and has changed the practice of every practitioner that's gone through our training programs because they say you never look at a patient the same way again.
0: No, you don't. You don't. That's fantastic. That's fantastic because you've made a, quite a difference in, in many, many, many people's lives. You really have.
1: I, I like to think so. And I, I we've had such amazing patient responses in every level of whether it's pregnancy or depression or chronic fatigue or mould or whatever. And it is life-changing for them. It really is. and And that just makes me so happy it does doesn't it really does you're
0: you're meant to be down here to do this obviously that's synchronistic that is obvious (laughs) you're right there at the right time with the right connections and networks so it's fantastic isn't it i love that synchronicity that is so beautiful
1: yeah Yeah. and i i think back and i think i was i jumped off a cliff i literally jumped off a cliff Mm, i believed in it so 100 percent that and I look back at it and I think, you know what, I probably was mad at the time. <laughs> but I was so convinced that this was important yeah. that I decided to do it. Now,
0: you knew what your mission was. You did. You felt it. You're aligned and you go with the flow. That's when magic happens. Yeah, it's beautiful. I did.
1: Yes, I did. You're right, Katarina. <laughs> yeah. It's a- now,
0: on the um, subject of lifestyle and eating and, and uh, uh, food, I guess, is eating yeah. a gluten-free and low FODMAP diet or dairy-free um, beneficial for someone with mthfr mutation therefore knowing that they you know um, there's so many hormones and chemicals that that uh, are put into them
1: i definitely say avoid folic acid so that does necessarily mean that any fortified food comes out so bread is part of that.
0: Yeah, it's a big part of that.
1: Do you it always see
0: folate um, in the ingredient list?
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you do. They have to, by law, put it on there. Okay. However, having said that, if you're buying organic bread, they don't need to. No. And they don't have to, but no. they can. Yeah. So what you have to do is contact your bread manufacturer and wow. say, do you put, put folic acid in it?
0: That's interesting, isn't it? So anyone yeah. with mental health issues or um, unexplained miscarriages or neurotube defects in children or um, anyone with MTHFR mutations really needs to check their food yeah. sources. Yeah, they really do. They
1: do. So they what... do. And if you, if you see a packet that says folate, it's folic acid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Are there any other diet or lifestyle things that um, uh, individuals need to consider if they do have mutations?
1: Yes, because detoxification is a big issue. And so this is one of the things that we really work on with most of our patients is to improve detox. And sometimes we're just opening detox pathways and we're not even detoxing because a lot of, a lot of people, they can't detox. And so making sure yeah. that they are avoiding toxins at every level. So having water that is good quality water that's filtered, making sure that you are eating as organic as you can possibly afford. Because glyphosate, which is Roundup, which Mm. is sprayed on Mm. wheat and cotton and everything else, sunflowers and whatever, it is highly disturbing to our detoxification pathway.
0: Well, just with bread, just normal bread, that's not organic. There's 12 different chemicals that uh, follow that pathway by the time it ends up on your table.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. And and don't forget the sugar. Mm. A lot of that bread is so high, it's ridiculous. You put it out on the shelf and it's moldy within a day. You put an organic, very low sugar on the kitchen bench, it'd take a week to 10 days, maybe two weeks to get moldy. (laughs) And that's the difference. So I think think avoiding, I, I think if there's been mold exposure, that's a huge trigger. So if you, if you suspect mould is in your house, you have to address that. You, we have great building biologists that we work with oh, all right. around Australia yeah. that yeah. you that know, we send out to the homes that you know, we help get them. Because while you're living in it, you will never get better. And mould's not always visible, is it? No, that's the problem. And, and you can have black mold in mm. your ceiling and all through your ducting, air, you know, air Gosh. system and you don't even know it. Wow. And so if you're very, very sensitive or you've got multiple chemical sensitivity or you're super fatigued and you just can't, it, it's really important. And we do organic acids testing and mycotoxin testing that we try and pick these up. If anyone has, you know, chronic Sinus infection, mm. that's a really big clue that there might be mold. Yeah. So, because those sinus passages get affected by staph and strep and all sorts of things, um, even having gut dysfunction or candida or tinea or ringworm or the anything skin, like yeah. that, we skin think yeah. you know, this you could have exposure to mold. Even
0: the anxiety and depression, like you said previously, too. Yeah. It
1: doesn't have to be now. The, the mold you know exposure could have been 25 years ago and it's still sitting in your body oh gee. that's the problem so and you know so it's eating well it's getting enough sleep it's exercising it's doing all the things that you can possibly do and also to make your home as safe as possible so cleaning detergents we don't want things that are highly fragrant fragrant we want things that are sulfate-free. We want things that you could clean. I mean, just vinegar and water is often enough. And you can put some um, tea tree oil or eucalyptus oil in it as well. You can make, There's great recipes to make your own cleaning products. Um, or you go and get the, the products, the organic products from the supermarket. And it's, it's really good to see now that, even coals and woolies have now got really good organic cleaning products available mm, to it. Yeah. So, and it doesn't mean you've got to go out and do it all now, no. but as something finishes, you replace it with something that is a better quality.
0: They sound like very, um, the foundation of basic lifestyle and health, um, you know, uh, uh, things that we talk about with clients as well.
1: Yeah. Look, you you often see people with MTH5 polymorphisms that don't cope with general life. And so what they end up doing is isolating themselves. So they might mm -hmm. go and live on a farm and totally avoid the rest of the world. Because that's the only way they survive. They love it, but that's how they survive. They don't go and do things that normal people would do because they know it's going to be stressful for them. So if you're someone listening to this and that's you, then you know you've got a problem with the MTHFR and you need to do something so that you are not so susceptible to stress. Because I do think that people with MTHFR polymorphisms need good support to cope with stress like everyday people.
0: Because they become overwhelmed, particularly in, in chaotic times like we're going through at the moment.
1: Well, particularly because stress uses the metal groups that they can't make. Mm. So they mm. get they get a deficit and then something else happens and the deficit gets bigger and then they start falling into a hole yeah. that they can't get out of. Yeah. So one of the biggest utilizers of metal group that comes from methylfolate is stress. And that can be physical stress. That mm. can be, you know, pushing your body to the limit and being a triathlete and getting sick all the time.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. or
1: getting depressed. So it, it it will come in many different forms.
0: That's great. Great rundown, Carolyn. So if, if people are interested, like, um, where should they find you? What do they do if they need a test? Um, you know, like the basics, how do they start? If they have That's, an inkling so, that there might be something wrong or might be related to MTHFR, what happens to the individual?
1: So I would, the best place to start is our website, um, we have practitioners, we have patients go onto that site and they say, my God, I've never seen so many resources in my life. <laughs> um, so that's a really good place to start. We have a...
0: What's that website, Carolyn? What's that website?
1: mthfrsupport.com.au. Mm-hmm. And we have amazing resources for both practitioners and patients. So we have a patient knowledge centre, which is a monthly membership. It's only $14.95 a month. They get free webinars. They get free resources. They, um, we have Q&A sessions regularly. We've done a COVID update presentation um, pretty well every two months for the last two years to give people the information they need to make informed decisions about the vaccines. We've got all sorts of handouts and um, resources, particularly for. We also have a fertility hub, and then for Prakis we have the the Methylation Genomics Institute, which is a training platform where we do a monthly deep dive. We do Q and A sessions every month. We do webinars every month, and then we have a ma- practitioner mastermind, which is an intensive wow, eight week training program. That's fantastic. Yeah, so there's lots and lots and lots for anyone that is interested in knowing more about this.
0: But like you said previously, the basics is if an individual does feel like that um, it sounds like them or they have an inkling that something could be wrong with their chronic conditions, they could get the test kit and safely do it at home on their own and then send in the results.
1: Yes, and I think, Katarina, this is such a big issue Mm, that I actually think it's worth everybody knowing, do you have it or don't you? And I think also for your children, to understand if your children are more susceptible to stress, the time that you want to be addressing that is when they're 2, 3, and 4, not when they're 20, 30, and 40. So we've had patients who have come in at 92 wow. and they've found out that they've got MTHV polymorphisms, life, they want support. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And so it doesn't matter what age, but I think it's such an important issue, particularly with the folic acid connection, that they could improve just how they feel overnight by reducing the amount of folic acid they potentially have. So I think it's actually great for everybody to know, do you have it or don't you? And particularly in fertility, it's got to be you and your partner that you're checking because... We often see, and the research says, if you don't have MTHV, but your partner does, you can still miscarry because the quality of his uh, DNA sperm, yeah. yes, is, is compromised.
0: Absolutely amazing. Um you know um, whether you're looking at optimizing your health um, or saving money on supplements. You know that that are getting wasted. You know this is a great way to navigate your health correctly. You know and and just hit it, hit the nail on the head specifically the uh, therapeutic strategy to be specific to you individually. Um, you know not just hit and run.
1: Absolutely. And what what um, patients will often find is that they might. Need a bit of work and more supplements that they're used to taking to get things back to normal. But when they know where they're genetically falling down, sometimes all they need is B12. Sometimes all they need is a higher dose of folate than they've ever taken before. Mm. And so once you've got them back to where they need to be, it doesn't take much to keep them there because you know the biggest problem... And if the biggest problem is B12, then you may have to take B12 for the rest of your life. If the biggest problem is you just don't make enough methylated folate, the key to your mental health may be taking enough ment- uh, methyl folate yeah, that yeah. makes you feel fantastic. And often people who are, have not had enough methyl folate and they start taking dosages which makes them feel good They turn around and they say to you, is this how I was always meant to feel? And it's so, like in one way it's really happy, but in one way it's really sad because you think finally you know what everybody else, well, what most people feel like. And so that's that's a great story because we train our patients to understand their body enough when they know they need it versus when they don't need it. Because if they're on holidays and they're not stressed, they may need to take half the dose they normally take. Mm,
0: mm. But
1: if they're very stressed or something's happened to make them stressed or they've had a death of a loved one, then they're going to have to preload or postload. And that's what gets them out of the strife. So it's being able to have individual strategies like that, that you know going forward, okay, when I get stressed, this is what I've got to do. And the great thing is, as I said, I've been seeing patients for 12 years now on on the genetic side of it. And sometimes I won't see them for six or eight years and then they'll come back and say, I've been going so well, but this happened and I Mm, didn't do what I should have done. And now I've fallen over. But they know. They know. They know. And that's what's great about it because very rarely do they then get constantly sick or they have... You know, constant infections or or sleep issues. So it's really good to be able to set them on a path that they can then take forward and not necessarily come back to you.
0: Most yes, definitely, you've made such a difference in in many people's lives. Unfortunately, the hour is up. I can't believe it's gone so quickly. You've, <laughs> you're just so informative. You're just um, like a um, a library. Of all things on MTHFR, the expert on MTHFR from MTHFR Australia, Carolyn Ladowski. So thank you, Carolyn, for coming on to our show tonight and enlightening our audience on um, this important issue that many people don't know about. Um, Like you said, you're the expert. If um, you need to contact Carolyn, get in contact um, with her via the website or have a look at my page and I'll put some uh, links on there uh, for everyone to see as well. Thank you, Carolyn, so much for coming on to our show. It's really appreciated.
1: You're so welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you for informing and making a, a difference in everyone's life. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Okay, take care. And you're listening to 87.6 FM, The Wellness Couch. au, And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.